Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor from Grandview Baptist Church here in Kitchener. And I'm Stan Fowler, also from Grandview Church and Heritage College and Seminary. And a published author once again in the local newspaper. You've got some attention, Stan, weighing in on a current issue. So this isn't the only place where you think out loud. You do it in print. I do, I do that. I told my wife this morning, though, I'm really disappointed that nobody, uh, apparently no one has responded to that column. I, I haven't found any letters to the editor responding to my well, column. Well, they've got to think twice and three times. I think it'll come. Okay, Stan, a word of the day. Last time we met, we talked about the eschaton. Ah, uh, yes. We described it in different ways, but that's a word that might not be in people's regular vocabulary, certainly not in the 12-year-old. So just quickly, what, is, what does that word mean? It means the final state of things. It comes from the, the Greek adjective eschatos, which means last or final. So from that we get eschatology, the doctrine about final things. And the eschaton would describe the final thing, the final state of things, the, the new heaven and new earth. Okay, and that was a good conversation that we had, and we carried it on after we went off the air, and I'd like to pick that up right now, because um, our bodies will have will be present in the eschaton. We're going to be doing things. Our, we're going to be resurrected, uh, presumably better than ever. I'd like to think that my body will look 21, 22. I think that was the uh, high water mark for me. Uh, but so if that's the case, if that's the future, if that's the eschaton reality for our bodies, then how are we to treat our body now? What does that say about um, how we view our body? Is it, is it a sacred thing? Or do we look at it as something that's going to be destroyed anyway? It's going to be reduced to dust and ashes, so what the heck, just just let it be obese or malnourished, God's going to fix it. Wow, Bob, here, here we've launched into a topic on which my students would tell you has always been a favorite of mine, emphasizing that salvation is about the return of the Lord, the resurrection of the body. It's not about liberating our souls from our bodies. So, you know, I'm going to have to work hard at staying within our 15-minute time here. You can appreciate why they would think that, though, right? Because the body, like my body hurts right now. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I I, I'd like to get out of it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, mean, I remember the line, um, you know, you know you're getting older when what doesn't hurt doesn't work. <laughs> um, so, in, indeed, uh, our bodies are decaying in this life. And after we die, between that and the Lord's return, they will decay further. But it's interesting that in various ways, Scripture makes it clear that our, our bodies are not prisons in which our soul, which is the real person, lives. Our bodies are part of who God made us to be. And I just again today, I was looking at 1 Corinthians 6, where Paul is, is making his argument with the Corinthians about sexual immorality. He's saying, flee from it. And, and in the middle of all that, he says, 
For, for God raised Jesus from the dead, and he will also raise us. In other words, your body is a significant part of who you are. What you do with your body is important to God. If, if your body were not important, he would, he would let it decay and never raise it from the dead. But it is important, and in that particular context, his emphasis is... So recognize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and you need to glorify God in your body. In that context, in your sexuality. Now, you and I have talked before on this podcast about contemporary issues about sexuality. That obviously is a a major point that Scripture wants us to consider that the way we use our bodies sexually is very important to God, and we need to be very careful about how we do that. Okay, what if my body is not the temple of the Holy Spirit? I'm not born again. You're still a human being created in the image of God, and everyone is called by God to obey God's revealed standards for what human life is supposed to be. Even as an unregenerate person, though, Mind you, hopefully I'll become regenerate at some point, but if I, if I commit myself to being unregenerate and I die in that state, then what hope of the resurrection do I have? What does it matter then? Scripture says both the righteous and the unrighteous will be resurrected. The unrighteous resurrected for judgment mm-hmm. and condemnation. The righteous resurrected for eternal life. Okay, so the resurrection implies that all of us. All of us. All of us, every, every, every human person it, is going to be resurrected. And it affects how we should properly view our, our present yes, body. Yes, yes, indeed. I mean, persons without the Holy Spirit, unbelievers, lack spiritual ability to live in a way that pleases God, but they are still accountable to live that way. I mean, that, that's one of the... Um, I guess you would call it, it's not a contradiction, it may be seemingly a paradox in in Paul's letter to the Romans. On the one hand, he says in chapter 3, the whole world is held accountable before God for their failure to obey God. In chapter 8, he says the, the natural human person without the Spirit is not able to please God. But we are we are accountable to God and obligated to. Okay, so, well, let's not go down there Okay, right we now. won't go down that road, but there, there are other aspects of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it does say something about the way we care for our physical health. Now, obviously, that's not the heart, the, the, the most Stan, significant just, I, point. I just want to add, not only our yeah. health, but for the, the health of our weak and elderly. Oh, yes. I mean, how does it affect the way that we treat those people who have one foot in the grave? Well, now now when you start talking about the weak and the elderly, now you're getting very personal here, <laughs> talking about me, um, because I'll be in one of those first groups uh, to be able to get a vaccine, perhaps, mm-hmm. because, of, because of my age. Obviously, Scripture calls us to care for those who are the weak and can't care for themselves. Widows and orphans are often mentioned. But that's a pointer to the wider category of the people who can't care for themselves. So we do need to be serious about caring for them. Um, I mentioned to you 
uh, offline, my, my, my wife has been reminding me uh, recently with increasing frequency that we have, have not yet bought cemetery plots. Mm-hmm. And so it raises questions about how we deal with, with our bodies after death. And so the cremation versus burial question comes up. And I, I don't think I can be dogmatic about that one. I, I understand that cremation simply accelerates, uh, <laughs> greatly accelerates the process of decomposition, which will happen if our bodies are in the grave for a long time. And yet, the, the idea that God, our body is a significant part of us, it will be raised and, and glorified in the end. Mm-hmm. All of that suggests to me that, that God estimates our bodies with a significance that tilts me toward burial as opposed to cremation. As I say, I'm, I'm not going to be dogmatic mm-hmm. about it. And the time may come when we really don't have enough ground mm-hmm. to be burying it. It's everybody. an environmental issue. I understand that. Um, so I'm not at all dogmatic about it. But for me personally, I, I just find that the, the significance of our bodies makes me think probably burial is better than cremation as a choice, as a way of saying God made this, God's going to raise it from the mm-hmm. dead. And and I don't want to do anything that would appear to be consciously disgracing it. So the guy who's, you know, humble guy who says, oh, just throw my body in a garbage bag. I don't care what you do with it. Um, he may be humble, but he might have another problem or at least a skewed view of his own body. Yeah, I would say he has a really bad doctrine of creation. Because God created us as embodied persons. God has made it clear that he cares about the body, cares enough to raise it from the dead and transform it and perfect it in every way. And I, I mean, I, I still remember, I remember when I began pastoral ministry a long time ago, um, I really had not had a lot of preparation in seminary courses for how to conduct a funeral. And lo and behold, about two months into that first pastoral ministry, church treasurer died of a sudden heart attack. So now I'm going to be conducting a funeral. The funeral director gave gave me, for my use, a, a copy of a book with readings and prayers that might be suitable for funerals. And when I opened that and read it, I, I, I found in it a poem saying something like, this body is not I. This body is not who I am. I'm, now I'm liberated from this mm, body. Mm. And I thought, mm-hmm. that's, mm. that's so unbiblical. It's such, it's such an awful doctrine of creation. It's, it's not the biblical anthropology that says, God made us to be whole persons, to be stewards of the created order. He's going to raise the body. And so the the one who says, ah, you know, when I get to that point, just toss my body in the dumpster. Mm -hmm. He may be trying to be humble, but that's a false humility. 
But there is an intermediate state, right, where um, we're absent from our body. We have presence somewhere. Presumably it's better than my presence in a cancerous body, right? So Yes. But that's your, what you're saying is that's not our ultimate destiny. If you think that's good, it gets better at the resurrection. Yeah, I'm saying that in, in biblical terms, our, our hope is focused on the return of the Lord and the resurrection of the body. But as Paul says in Philippians 1 and in 2 Corinthians 5, to, to leave this life, to be absent from this body, that may be cancer-stricken, that may be very painful due to our arthritis, if not cancer, etc., mm-hmm. to be free from the trials of this present life is better. To be with the Lord in a disembodied mm-hmm. way, whatever that may be like, mm-hmm. is better but it's not the best. Right. The best is yet to come. Or as someone has said, the biblical picture is, is about life after, life after death. That's why over the years, I've, often when I've, if I preached on, on this theme at all, I've, I've said to people, you know, we often, in, in evangelical circles, we often sing the Gaither song, Because He Lives. The third and final stanza gets to life after death. And it even uses the language of victory to describe that. But I've said, the problem is, the song needs a fourth stanza to talk about resurrection at the return of the Lord because the theme of victory is used by Paul to describe that, First mm. Corinthians 15. So I wrote a fourth stanza, actually. Oh, my goodness. And a few churches have actually sung it. I'm not, gonna, to, I'm not going to sing it well, for I would you. I'd like to see it. I'm I, not going to sing it for you now. You, so you fixed Bill Gaither's song. I added a stanza. Okay. Yeah. You know, the way you've just described the scenario, this is what's going to happen. If I die and have um, spiritual presence, I'm absent from my body. At the time of the resurrection, when I, <laughs> when I will have rather enjoyed that state, I think, what you're saying is that um, the Spirit will say to me, okay, Bob, enough of this. You go back to your body. It's, it's going to be better. It's, going to, it's resurrected, but um, you're, you're going to love this. You think this is good. Uh, you're, you're going to inhabit your body again. That's the deal, right? He's, he's going to say, if you think this is good, just wait <laughs> yeah. until you experience what's to come. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, you're right. So uh, we've got a minute left. So just a takeaway from this, um, our bodies are, are sacred. Yes. Right? They were created for eternal things. Yes. And uh, what we do now to our body has implications. I'm, I don't think you're saying that if I tattoo my body in a foolish way, then I'm going to inherit those tattoos in the eschaton. No, I wouldn't suggest that. That doesn't sound like a glorified body. <laughs> right. But it, it does mean that we are to be mindful that this body is not just a temporary thing that gets thrown away. Um, it was created for a glorious purpose, and God will not be frustrated. He will achieve that purpose in this body. And that doesn't mean we get a brand new body in the sense that it's different from this. It's a different body. It's a resurrected body. Right. This body. I, I would argue there's continuity, but also change. In yeah. the same way that 
you have the same body you've had all your life. Yes. But it doesn't look exactly the way it did when you were young. Good point. Very good point. Same is true for me. Yeah. Whereas this body is getting older, to your analogy, it gets better when the resurrection comes. Indeed. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward now, Stan. I've always have. But the more we talk about this, I think the more it encourages us because there's a lot of people who are thinking about this more and more as the things of this world have grown dim. We're locked in and our hearts are yearning for what they should be yearning for, the hope that we have. And we've got an answer for that question. I want to thank you for listening to us on Thinking About It. I'm Stan Fowler. And I'm Bob McGregor. Keep we'll on thinking. We'll folks. see you next time. Bye bye.